this thing on because it's getting ready to be on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Richard Ferranti, Chief Executive Officer at Rich Products, headquartered right here in Western New York. They're a global company, and we talk about their transition to a virtual world in COVID, how they remain on the edge of innovation, and a little bit about the Blue Jays' move to Buffalo and Great Point Media and new movie studios' selection of Buffalo for its new studio. Awesome conversation. Thanks so much to him for his time and you for listening. Enjoy. Thank you very much for being here today. Really appreciate your time. Hi, Greg. My pleasure. So for those that don't know, we have a lot of listeners outside of uh, Buffalo. Tell us a little bit about Riches. Uh, Well, we're a a global company, a family-owned company. We've been around. This is our 75th anniversary. Uh, We're in about 100 countries. We've got a little over 11,000 associates around the globe, about 45 manufacturing facilities. And we're active in five or six different segments or channels that uh, where we sell. So we're uh, we sell in the food service side of the business, hotels, restaurants, those kind of folks, to uh, your typical grocery store, be it a Walmart here and Asda in the UK, etc., to the bakeries inside of those uh, supermarkets, uh, to retail bakeries, and then we have a uh, industrial business too, where we're selling ingredients to cake and dessert manufacturers and such. So pretty diverse portfolio, which is really helpful when you're going through a situation in a uh, crisis like the pandemic we're all facing right now. Right. And you mentioned being a family company, and I I know that's really ingrained in your, throughout your company and in your culture. Um, How has the last five, six months been as we've, as we've transitioned virtually and, you know, kind of weathered the storm of this pandemic? Well, I think being a family company really gives us a a lot of advantages. And when you have a situation and a set of circumstances like this, where um, you know that you have to balance some of the short-term challenges and issues you're going to face with the long-term health of the business, the family has been, uh, Bob and Mindy have been incredibly supportive and understand uh, those trade-offs that we're making. So being a family company really does allow us to make the right decisions for the long haul. I think uh, everybody who's been working their way through this this pandemic, which is really, in all honesty, a health crisis that causes an economic crisis, which in turn impacts businesses and people around the globe in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, the ability for the organization, in our case, to uh, be focused on uh, a couple of things for, you know, that are primary. The safety of our people is, our, is really the, the number one priority for the organization. The ability for us to sort of continue to create value for our customers is, is, is number two. Uh, and our, uh, the opportunity as an organization to really think about innovative new ways to work uh, and that flexibility that needs to be built in is key. And I would say the other thing is, is, is this ongoing effort from a communication standpoint to just communicate constantly what we're doing, why we're doing, and where people, where we're heading. People are, uh, you know, curious. Some people are a little nervous related to the imp- implications of COVID, and uh, you know, being out front explaining all of that has really been, uh, uh, I think, a critical component of the success that we've had. And the great people in the organization that uh, that this company brings about. And you know, you mentioned up top, you're a global company the amount of employees that you have, how has that network, um, not just here in Buffalo, but across the world, helped the transition to go virtual and some of those 
uh, communications that you're kind of touching on? Well, I think that we've, um, we've done a good job uh, over the course of the last few years in a couple of different ways. First, we have a, a terrific and a very strong IT network and infrastructure. So basic tools like Microsoft Teams, as an example, which is what we use, was in place everywhere around the globe, from China to South Africa, to India, to Mexico, Brazil, the United States, et cetera. So we had the, the, the infrastructure in place to uh, when we had a transition and people had to start to work from what we would say anywhere around the world, which basically means from home for most folks, we had the, we had the tools in place to make that happen. Second, I think the, the culture of the company, which is really all about a culture where people genuinely care about each other, uh, is, is really been a, uh, a critical enabler of this organization's ability to thrive and work together. You know, we have a pretty collaborative mindset and I think you combine those, a strong culture, a collaborative mindset, the right kind of tools, good, strong communication. And, and you know, the communication, just to give you a little sense of that, I mean, I have virtual town halls with 800 to 1,000 folks uh, twice a month. We have a weekly newsletter that I send out. Um, we have different folks on the executive team who provide their teams with different kinds of updates. Um, as part of this COVID uh, situation, we have a high-level executive task force that is meeting three times a week to deal with a variety of issues and challenges we face. We partnered with the Cleveland Clinic in particular to really help us work through a lot of the, the, the questions and issues that uh, any organization is going to face. Uh, you know, we rely on the CDC and World Health Organization and other institutions. So I think all of those factors put in place uh, and having the right level of agility and flexibility both from helping support our associates as they go through this, but, and at the same time balancing that with creating value for our customers and keeping people engaged have been really the keys. You know, you mentioned the the strength of your workforce uh, globally. Obviously, you know, we're we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about the Buffalo team. Zooming out, not just in the last five months and that transition, but in really Rich's history and your growth here in Buffalo. What do you see? in the Buffalo workforce and, and your team specifically that stands out as some strengths and, and things that other companies should consider when they're thinking about relocating here? Well, I think Western New York has a number of, of really, really strong uh, points of difference. I think we've got an excellent educational infrastructure here. When you think about Canisius, you think about UB, uh, you think of St. Bonnie's, Niagara, and some of the other schools here. I think that's one. I think our proximity to the border of Canada, basically we're 90, 90 uh, miles away from Toronto with 10, 15 million people, an incredible amount of diversity. Uh, you know, it's sort of the epicenter for, uh, for Canada when you think about business and culture and so on, and that sort of access I think is, is fantastic. I think the investments that we've made over the last five to 10 years and some of the partnerships that have taken place here, the Medical Corridor, uh, just as, as, as one example is really, really been important. And I think the city uh, has a lot of diversity. I think the cost of living and the ease of living here when you compare it to some of the other cities where the commutes, the, the, the price of housing, et cetera, is really pretty extraordinary. All of those are benefits. And I would say to you that in this sort of changing world, as we start to look out more and more, um, you know, the ability to sort of work in a different way, uh, leveraging technology, leveraging different tools, to some extent that uh, makes a place like Western New York uh, as attractive as any place else because, you know, we're going to be able to attract talent who can come in here, spend time, and maybe not move here um, permanently, 
but you're just we're just going to be i think when you put all of these factors together it really does make us a a, a uh, part of the country that has a, a lot of upside and a lot of differences versus other choices folks may have and you're making that argument for buffalo here really eloquently on a podcast you also um made some positive news over the last few months during this pandemic um at least riches did in helping to attract a movie studio to Buffalo, which many people may not expect. Tell us a bit about that, that somewhat surprising partnership. Uh, well, I can, let me talk, I can touch on that briefly. Uh, it's great point media is the, the group that we're working about. And I think Western New York in particular has a couple of different things that are really attractive uh, that we've learned to the, to the movie industry. Uh, they love the architectural diversity of Western New York and the city in particular, and you know, the Richardson building, the Frank Lloyd Wright buildings, et cetera, uh, the, the park system. I mean, these are these are world-class attributes that people come from around the world. So they really like those features and how that plays into the actual production of movies. They like the four seasons. They like the sort of change of neighborhoods here. You have a city that's basically, you know, 150 plus years old. And so there's a lot of history and heritage in the area, and they like they like that. The topography uh, from the sort of hills and valleys of the southern tier uh, through Niagara Falls is really attractive for them. Also, um, they they the quality and the work ethic of folks here is is really. And I talked before about um, you know the, the infrastructure, the school systems, and the, uh, the quality of the people and such that came through um, absolutely. Uh, Really, really, in a clear manner. Uh, I think uh, Bob and Mindy have been, uh, you know, really committed to sort of work with them to try to pull something uh, together. And I think their commitment uh, is is also a big piece of all of this. So it's, I think, it's a multitude of all of those factors. And I think from a, uh, you know, that access to Toronto again, it's a couple hours away. Um, there's a lot of really unique sort of pluses. We're on the water here. Water is always a uh, sort of uh, uh, advantageous related to attracting people, attracting uh, commerce and business, et cetera. So I think it's all of those factors. And this is the second largest uh, point of entry between the U.S. and Canada is right here at the Peace Bridge. So, um, you know, just, just a lot of these factors come together. And I think folks uh, see the opportunity. And again, this, these, uh, from a media company perspective, the ability to sort of create more and more content is really, you know, important. And uh, so it's, it's really a nice growth opportunity for us. And before we started recording, you and I were talking about sports. So we'll, we'll kind of end the conversation where we started. Um, it's been a well-reported and kind of longtime dream of the, the Rich family to have Major League Baseball here in Buffalo. We somewhat fulfilled that wish this summer under kind of weird circumstances, but the Blue Jays are playing home games here in downtown Buffalo. Uh, what was it like? in the richest circle when that announcement came through? Well, pretty awesome in all honesty. I mean, obviously it was a huge surprise to everybody. No one was expecting this, no one was planning this. Again, it goes into that pandemic, but uh, out of uh, issues and challenges and unexpected circumstances come opportunities. And that's what we had here. And I think uh, Mike Muschkowski and that entire Bison's team worked really, really closely with the, uh, with the Blue Jays. And they were, they were really helpful. And uh, I think it's been, you know, 
just an enormous opportunity. A little bittersweet because here you have this team. You know, yesterday they made they made three trades on the acquisition side because they're fighting for a playoff spot and they're really in the hunt. Also, totally unexpected, but really exciting. And it's tough. The only way you can watch these games is on Major League Baseball, or uh, uh, you know, you can't get the games and you can't attend those, which is a little a little, little bittersweet. But but at the end of the day, I think it's really proven uh, what, a, what a great town this is. How resilient. Our organization has been uh, to sort of pull something together, work with, again, the Blue Jays, Major League Baseball, and, and, and put on a, a great product and a great and a great facility that really uh, bodes well for us and, you know, sort of live and learn as we as we go forward. But it's pretty it's pretty exciting, though. Yeah, baseball is my favorite sport, so I'm, I'm working hard to get myself in one of the skyscrapers around the stadium and watch from a tall window. <laughs> well, I think you can watch from Seneca 1. And I just read something in the paper where uh, one of the restaurants downtown, maybe it's Hysteria, is offering like a little, you can have a meal and go up on one of the floors and watch the game or something. So, you know, people, you know, it's interesting, right? It's a little creative way to uh, both uh, uh, ensure that people have a great opportunity to experience something unique, watch a Major League Baseball game in Salem Field, and at the same time, uh, you know, have a great time with a terrific uh, restaurant and, and just, you know, people just think of different creative ways to sort of uh, leverage this unique opportunity that we have. It'd be great if we could put 20,000 people in there, but obviously circumstances being what they are, you can't do that. Yeah, the, the city still looks good on the MLB broadcast, so that's a positive. Um, <laughs> it does, and they're banging those home runs out of there at a record pace. <laughs> yeah, they're playing well. I'm watching a lot of Blue Jays this year, so yeah. thank you very much for your time. Um, and this great conversation and, and all that Riches does for our community here in Western New York. Before I let you go, we have a couple hard-hitting blizzard round questions. Uh, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Uh, chocolate. Book or TV show that you'd recommend? Uh, right now, I just finished up um, the book on the Churchill book, um, the – what was the title of it? The Splendor in the Vial. I just just was finishing it up on that. That was really, really a good book. Great. Text or phone call? Uh, phone call. Another sports question. Bills or Sabres? Bills. Hiking or skiing? Hiking. And last question, most important. Chicken wings, drumstick or flat? <laughs> Both. All right. Great pick. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks. Those are some powerful questions at the end there, huh? <laughs> we like to, yeah, we end strong. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. Bell Ringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast Follow our social media channels and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.